1: To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly, and we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, and as always, joined by my lovely co-host, Shelly Billinghurst. How are you, Bonjour, Serge. Boy, there's a new one. Yeah, it's a new one. You like it? It's very Canadian, right? I've never heard you speak in French. I know you're fluent.
1: I know you're bilingual, but it's so charming. So charming. Our guest today, oh my God. Okay, is everybody ready for this? We have joining us Jim Durbin, who's affectionately referred to as the Indeed Whisperer, but in real life, he's also Director of Recruitment Marketing at PSG Global Solutions. Jim, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Hi, and thank you for having me on.
1: For those in the audience who are hearing Jim Durbin for the first time, can you give us a little bit about your journey into recruitment land? Sure. Well, I'm in recruitment,
2: marketing, and advertising right now. I primarily work with campaigns, integration to drive mm-hmm. applicants for high volume recruiting. Indeed, programmatic, zip recruiter, it's all job boards and sourcing. And then right. my job is to drive as many applicants at the lowest price as possible. The journey to get there is interesting. I started off in staffing sales in Los Angeles in 1999. There was this new website called Monster. I was dating mm-hmm. a girl in Orange County. I was living in LA and I couldn't afford to drive down there anymore. So I jumped on Monster and there was two companies, Labor Ready and this tech systems clone called Natural Data that was hiring. I went in as recruiter, account manager, branch manager. When 9-11 hit, they shut the branch down. I moved to St. Louis, worked for Yo and Force. So six years of IT staffing sales. Pretty good, major six figures. Bought a BMW, got married, bought a house. And then I'd been writing blogs for years at Recruiting.com mm-hmm. with Jason Davis and Recruiting Animal. It's really getting exciting and I just decided my wife was a website developer, designer. We started a social media marketing firm. And I did that for 12 years, hand coding emails, running pay-per-click ads, like full-on marketing. I can never get recruiting out of my system. That's an itch. I call myself a headhunter, even though I don't really do it anymore because you just can't get rid of it. So I do placements as the social media headhunter for 10, 15 years as we figured out what social was. We started hiring into large corporations. After 12 years, you age out of marketing. I didn't have millions of dollars flowing through my hands. It's just harder if you're a consultant. I went back inside with an RPO, People Scout, worked on their account for Marriott, managed a team of sourcers, 60,000 hires, lots of money pouring through their hands. Their sister company, People Ready, brought me on as a director of talent acquisition. And so I've had the chance in the last four years, after being a consultant, a staffing, and headhunter, so I had this wonderful journey in the last four or five years where I get to play with campaigns, I bring all of my recruiting and marketing knowledge together. And it's the right time. It's a very exciting time for TA. And here I am just to talk to people about how you can get more people for less money.
1: What a great story. That was really something. So can you talk a little bit more about this ACE platform that PSG uses oh, for where PSG. you are now? Yes. Yeah, I'm
2: just totally intrigued. PSG is, well, it's an RPO for RPO. We do a lot of sourcing. We have 4,000 recruiters in the Philippines that call people. I call it a manual chatbot. Everybody wants a chatbot, but some people like to be talked to, and there's a version of that where when they first hear your voice, they know you and you're in a process. The problem mm-hmm. with full automation is there's some secret recipe of how much human interaction is needed and when. We can get a hold of somebody. They apply within five minutes. They're on the phone with us. The average is three to 14 days. We can actually do it in 30 seconds. After an application is showing up in our database, we don't have HR tech. We have a full tech firm. So we built our ATS as a CRM. It it just works. The engineering is great. And ACE is designed as a CRM to message and text people. The thing about the recruiters is it's all about volume. They call 100 people a day. ACE allows us to hit a database on our own without having to add other vendors. And it's enabling recruiters. They're constantly busy setting up video calls, screening, actually working full time which is just very hard to do when you're being a full recruiter. So I think we've yeah. solved the phone issue and that ACE is what enables us to do that.
0: Three to 14 wow. days. That seems really quick because most recruiters that I and know. that's hourly.
2: Those are hourly, are hourly roles. Hourly roles. Which is why they lose 90% of the people. Think of how bad that is. You lose 90% of the people. It's a real challenge because what is that perfect thing? And recruiters don't have time and it's hard to schedule. Chatbots work for some people, but an hourly workers, when you talk to somebody, the very first person to call is the one who tends to get that. Yeah. So that's a huge advantage for us.
1: So I spent, like you, a number of years in the staffing industry. And there was a formula that we always followed. If you reach out to a job seeker within the first day, you've got 100% likelihood that you'll place them. And if you wait two days, it drops to 50%. If you wait three days, then again, it just continues to drop. It sounds like the same principle you've been able to apply also at scale. Did I hear that right? Four thousand, four thousand recruiters? Recruiters, yeah. re- recruiters. four thousand
2: recruiters. Four thousand recruiters. Yeah, that is an amazing operation. And they run totally separate from us. Wow. The yeah. Filipino culture is amazing. Like they give gifts. They're really into each other. They throw parties. They have rooms to crash in. And we started doing remote. A lot of them work from home now. We're the largest outsourcer in the Philippines. We've grown for wow. 15 years. And it's just fun. It's fun to have a team that works so well and really enjoys what they're doing. Because that's the big issue I have. I'd give you lots of applicants. If you're not calling them, kind of wasting my life and yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the
2: beauty of being a headhunter is I like can impact. If I call and I place you, Shelly, I get that win. When you're doing it in volume, you don't have an impact. So you get a tiny bit of credit, but you spread it out over 60,000 people. So your efficiency is what gets you up in the morning because you're putting people to work and you don't get to see that one-on-one that you do for managers and headhunting.
0: I've never heard of an organization with 4,000 recruiters in the way that you're using it. Next episode, we got to dig in deeper, but before we go into it, I'm very curious how you got the name or you're affectionately called the Indeed Whisper. Tell us the story behind
2: that. I don't get in trouble for making fun of branding, but I love branding. i personal branding. Yep. I've done it my whole life. It helps identify who you are. It's a starting point. Explain what social media headhunter was really straightforward. I picked yep. it. I ran that for years. It's still my email. I stopped headhunting. I started looking at that. I got really good at Indeed Resume when I was working for People Scout. We would yep. improve 30%. The teams I've run have the highest percentage use of resume databases for Indeed and Zipper ZipRecruiter. There's so much value in those companies that we don't use because managers are rushed. Most of them aren't trained. I've trained 10,000 recruiters at this point. You can't just show up for an hour. you got to build habits over time. So we got so good. We turned those Indeed resume reports into perpetual contact machines, sending out thousands of email emails when they were cost something. And I start digging into it. I worked with my friend, Dan Pankowski, who was good enough to hire me. And he gave me a lot of access to the Indeed stuff. I understand software in a way that most people don't because I was there when we were building it. So from UI and UX, I don't trust the UI. So when I go and I use the campaign, I ignore what's on the screen and think, what was the developer writing? When they say, hey, it's a 25 mile radius, I start thinking where from. So if you can reverse engineer what the developer was trying to get you to do, you can figure out how their system works. I actually started applying it to casinos. Have you noticed what dollar cost averaging is? Yep. So my success for the Indeed Whisperer is dollar cost averaging plus casino games. I figured out how to go to casinos and basically win on slots. The key is you don't do what it expects you to do. Like there's no lucky machine. Every poll is independent. Yeah. So all you have to do to win is act contrary to what everybody else is doing, what the machine wants you to do. And there's a lot of room in that. This is also true for Indeed and Zip and every system that's out there. The developers want you to do something. If you act differently, you reap large rewards. And that is what has happened. I'm not supposed to be sharing the actual numbers. They're so low, people don't believe me. They're really, really low. Like I can spend $20,000 and then I'll spend $500 to get the same results. I have seen 35, 50x times results from some of the folks out there because what's happened is our budgets have grown and people stop paying attention to the details. I'm free to play with the details. I don't have a large staff anymore. All I do all day is stare at this stuff. So it's a lot of spreadsheets and algorithms. It's so good. And I want to be able to teach people how to do that. But a lot of it's process improvement. There's a lot of people still want to refresh something at the top of career builder. It can't be done. So those results are so good that when people see it, they like it. And I love the term. Just think, if I'm going to call myself the Indeed Whisperer, I can't make mistakes. Because Indeed is just waiting for me. You've got to be cleaner than everybody else. Let me show you my dashboards. Let me show you how to cut twenty percent off your spending without thinking about it, and it works. I think we can back it up with not just BSG numbers, but just friends watching them crush their numbers. It's exciting. It's exciting. Five to ten years in front of us. I'm excited to be at the front of it.
0: You're obviously dealing with Indeed pretty in depthly. What's your best take on how much budget that's spent on advertising on Indeed that is wasted? If you could put a number to it, what would you say?
2: globally, advertising has about a 30% fraud problem. We're not as bad as Google and Facebook and the other ones that are out there because we're just not a big of a target. But there's a lot. I've seen resumes come through, not from Indeed because they're good at quality control. Indeed is absolutely laser focused on not becoming a career builder. If you think about where career builder went wrong, so many of their jobs that were posted were work from home scams or before that was a big thing. People just got tired of all the emails. And so Indeed is terrified because they saw Monster disappear. They saw Builder disappear. Pay-per-click is a superior model, but it's not for forever. So I don't think there's as much fraud. I think there's a lot of waste, though. And it's because every single time I look at someone's campaigns, we are addicted to writing one check, and we need to start hiring people to look into the details. None of the stuff is yeah. hard. It doesn't take 10 years to learn it. We're just too busy. You're going to find the next two or three years, a lot of people like me showing up, getting those costs in line. And that's before the paper applicant stuff hits.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that because I actually just read this morning that Indeed is going to be launching what they call their PSA, which is paper paper started application or application started in February
2: in the U.S., correct? It's already live. It was live last year for small businesses. I had a body of mine pop up and it's $10 an application. And in fact, that's what's being rolled out is to small businesses in general. It's not ready for enterprise yet because they have to determine what an applicant is. Yeah. Uh, all the changes that have been made by Indeed are to make things relatively easier for their clients. So 99% of their clients, this is right from Indeed's mouth, don't build their own campaigns. They rely on their client success managers for enterprise and high volume. And because of that, they want to build tools that make it relatively easy to manage. The challenge is, that it, is it dumbs everything down. It actually hurts people like me because I get great results and now I'm going to get averaged out results. It protects the people who are dropping $100,000 because they're not paying attention. Although some people are going to get burned on that because they're not going to set the filters. But the idea is that they want to improve candidate quality because Indeed and Zip and all the rest, no, we don't have the labor force anymore. We are with COVID, mental health, baby boomers retiring, the impact of no more low interest money really has changed things in the world and we just don't have the workers cost will go up applications will go down everybody's focused on the idea of quality it's a big risk on their part yeah why do you think they did it i think they don't want to be career builder and you can see some of the things they've done like they just started using google for jobs now for their applications which is something they didn't want to do at first they started off as a scraper and they did pay-per-click and what people don't realize is that pay-per-click has a heat death it has an ending Google and Facebook can't be around forever with pay-per-click ads because it works when nobody's there. It's only as good as your dumbest competitor. Once everybody gets in, once everything's programmatic, your costs go up because there's more of them, which is why Google and Facebook are so huge. But eventually, the costs are too high because the cheap stuff is gone. The last person to get in doesn't get all this value, so they had to go back to high touch recruiting. There will be an end to pay-per-click as it's set up. I don't think most people think of it that way because you know, I mean, who thinks about pay-per-click ending? But they're trying to fight it for quality. How they do it will be very interesting. They're a fascinating company because they're so big. They seem directionless. It's really, they have many directions. Product, the CEOs and the sales teams have different roles because they're a large company. You don't realize how big, they're like 8,000 people now or something like that. Billions yeah. and billions of dollars. I think ultimately, they, they don't want to lose their crown. Pay-per-click has been
0: around forever, but in the recruitment marketing space,
2: Yeah, 30, 40-year timelines, yeah, yeah.
0: It's still fairly new, and there is a lot of pressure in Indeed. I worked in sales in Indeed, and there's a lot of onus on increasing quarter-over-quarter, year-over-year. This seems such a big risk because looking at Q3 numbers, they grew 40%, which in a world where ZipRecruiter grew 7%, 8%, moving to a completely different model to me seems
2: like a massive risk in a very pressured environment. It's not that different. How they choose to do it is going to make a big difference because it does limit the number of applicants. you get just to choose your applicants. Right now, this is what Programmatic does. Appcast, Pando, Jovio, their paper application. A number of the job boards that are out there, it's $8, $10, $12 an application. So they're not doing paper clicks. The system still works for it, but it's a quality issue. We'll see how they implement it will matter. And that was my big complaint. Their communications are poor. And you can't tell me three weeks ahead of time that you're gonna make a change. Yeah. Oh, you know, by the way, your sourcing budget tripled. Come on, man, you gotta do better than that.
1: They did announce it very clearly at Future Works in New York. Yeah. And it was interesting. the The silence in the audience was very interesting. Anybody outside of talent acquisition, do you really give a shit about clicks? No, <laughs> no, no. So no. all I care about in talent acquisition and hiring leaders is applicants. Now, quality, again, they talked a lot at FutureWorks about what they are doing in terms of increasing quality. They were very clear to say that you will have a window of time where you can say, no, I'm not paying for this applicant, Yeah, right? Because they're not going so, fit,
0: yeah. Well, and yeah. we just know the numbers of how many people get back to the resumes. All of them are going to go through, let's be realistic, two days.
1: So, yeah, I can't imagine
0: building
2: that database. No.
1: <laughs> that's got so hard. When I think about my clients, that's all they care about. Right. Nobody gives a shit how many clicks it takes to convert. Well, of course you do. Jim.
2: But <laughs> I, no one else does.
1: But I mean, as far as any TA leaders outside of somebody like search would understand right. that, or if you are truly a recruitment marketer and you understand what's it going to take to
2: convert, because that's all we care about. So hey, we brought it on ourselves. That's the same thing as the salary transparency. I'm not a fan of government laws. I think companies should post it on their own because the government laws don't make any sense. But the truth is there there is a lot of wasted time and people who lowball on other issues. It's very bold of them. I think their CEO came out and said, don't care about the numbers. We're going to change the way you recruit. It's funny because Indeed always saw themselves as a software company. And now I think they're trying to be something else. It always worries me a little bit. Usually when CEOs start talking about social stuff, it means their quarterly earnings about to crash. Not happening for Indeed. No, it's not happening. They're growing. They're doing well. They put together good stuff and it works. We make fun of them because I want them to be better. I've made a lot of money off of them over the years and their tech works better than other folks. I'm not going to allow one company to own me. So you've got to diversify your tech stack, yeah. but they've done a pretty good job. A lot of people go to work because of them.
1: On the topic of salary transparency, because you're the Indeed Whisperer, was it easier for indeed to just do a blanket, all jobs will have comp, or could they have, if you post your job, we only show it in this geography? Or is that, you're just asking too much?
2: Yeah, tech is some, too hard. So that's the product team that's driving that. So that's okay. important to, to understand there too. Think of it, it's really bold. We struggle. I don't know how many tools I have to check salary, but it's hard to do on a regular basis. Nice. It's lagging. BLS data is not there. I'm fascinated that they're willing to even try it It does make a difference. I'm worried about the second and third level of facts because what happens is ultimately once everybody has it, you end up like Europe where you have high unemployment. It's harder for youths to get employed. You have more worker protections. It's just a choice. When you're in salary bands, it's very hard to negotiate. Again, we brought it on ourselves. Recruiters don't know how to negotiate. They're terrified of asking for salary. I was at a conference and they talked about it. Half the people were like, no one talks about money. I'm like, you're out of your mind. You bring it up the very first call. Yeah. Yes. They were never trained on it. And because they aren't good at it, they get awkward. We're crippling a generation who won't know how to negotiate for salaries and improve because they'll be in bands. And a ban means you cannot get a raise higher than that. They have yeah. an excuse why they can't move you. Yeah. And I just don't think we think of a second or third level effects, which is why laws are just rough. But hey, if we've been posting them ourselves, nobody would have felt the need to step in. So once again, a TA shoots itself in the foot. Deed's hoping to correct it, we'll see how they do because yeah. there's also considerable backlash to them. People are looking for others. The problem is there's just nothing out there right now that's close to the size. No, is great, but it's only fifteen percent of the market. We love using them, and it's great if something goes wrong because it's a comparison. But there's just no one better for cheap traffic than Indeed.
0: I want to take a step back to Paper Applicant. One of the things that I'm trying to figure out when I'm looking at the description of how they measure Paper Applicant. I don't see a difference between cost per click. It's exactly the same click that it was before, but instead of charging 80 cents, a dollar or whatever it ranges up to, it's now going to be 10 to $20. What they're calling
2: the application start is a click for me. So the paper applicant start is for enterprise because they can't put a pixel and track people all the way through. Yeah. They can track it with integration. They can track it when you're in Indeed hosting jobs, like small businesses, because you're on the platform. This is why they always ask you, did you interview? Did you hire? They're trying to force people onto the platform so they can see the impacts. And the problem is that companies want to keep their own data don't want to share it. The larger you are, I'm going to put 4,000 people into the Indeed software. What happens when it's down for two hours, which has happened? I can't function because I'm stuck there. The big thing is how you create the campaigns. Once it's per applicant, there is no getting around that. There's no improvement. I think they're going to slow roll for enterprise. It's just too hard to do with high volume. Um, so warning the warning to small businesses out there: yeah. pay attention to what you're doing. It is so easy to make that mistake and end up with a thousand dollar bill because you weren't thinking and turned it on. It's confusing because people don't know how to use software. We'll see what the smb say.
0: Well, for SMB, it's a lot clearer, right? Because most of them are using the Indeed platform. They're measuring from A to Z. So it's easy to see who came in the system. But when we start talking about application starts, and I was an Indeed, when you looked at the jobs and you click on the apply and it brought you to the career site, and that was the click. Then they introduced the two pane windows. There was multiple clicks. Now, if I'm understanding correctly, is you're an Indeed, you look at a job, apply on company site. That's an application start. You're getting charged as a started application.
2: I've heard correct? differently. Okay. I have not got confirmation. Indeed, it's closed-lipped about it. They're trying to figure out how to do it. But I heard from Lee Daniels, who used to work for AppCast, managed yeah. the Class project. And we that know that Lee- Job oh, well. said, great. Lee's fantastic. Very smart. Knows her stuff. Yeah. She pointed out there are ways to do it. We're all into integrations now. I don't send traffic to my website because the fall off is too great. The same way that you can add urgently hiring into your XML feed to yeah. post the jobs, you'll be able to reconcile. And that'll be the big question the back and forth is what company's not going to say 99% of these people don't count, but then what happens next? So it ends up being this big game where you try to figure that out. Very complex. And we'll see, because that's going to be the issue. But it's where you swarm the campaign. So if you're picking that filter, there's no way to get cheaper cost. I'm living in terror of it, but I, I'm an Eeyore. I'm always scared of everything <laughs> because I see people whose budgets are 10, 50, 100 times more than mine for the same results. And if that disappears, I had to go back to marketing or something like that. I'm too old. I'm stuck here in the TA. I've got to make it work.
0: Yes. So Indeed also had significant price increase last year. You mentioned a couple. One of them was forcing you forcing to use it. Optimizer. And obviously, removing the credit for Resume Database
2: reach out. That was huge because that was actually a 600% price increase. It was much bigger than people realize because of removing the rewards. It made it too expensive. It's why we switched over to a lot of other products because you only get 100 emails. Great if you're a tech recruiter or a small yeah. business, but my people blow through that in a day for high volume. And hospitality, yeah, brutal.
0: So why no reaction from talent acquisition or recruitment marketing agencies who just go
2: along with it? What's your thoughts? I'm trying not to get in trouble with that. I don't understand why agencies didn't explain it. I think part of it is they were scrambling. The programmatic ones really had to struggle because they also removed job title expansion in August. They forced them to bid optimizer. They were really crushing and doing a great job and then did hold back on that. And it's a real challenge for them as they have to figure out what to do. I don't know why the TA world does it. I think it's because we've been so busy and uh, we're still in a place where CEOs are like, go hire a bunch of recruiters and nobody thinks about the tech stack, the background noise. There are so many basics we're missing. And the problem is everybody who's a director level and above is too busy doing other things to dig. It's a whole different world that you're playing with. And I don't think people have the time. They're starting to see it though. The more and more stories of, hey, I saved $3 million or... I cut my costs 40%. I boosted my applications. The dirty secret of TA is the agency models. It's built for less traffic and less money. Now that the budgets are up, we've got to change. We get closer to what B2B marketing is as opposed to what we've done in the past. I think people are just used to just writing a check. and They don't think about it unless it's a problem. Right? Could
1: it also be that those that were really skilled and really knew how to leverage those credits on the Indeed resume database, those were primarily staffing, industry people. Because when yeah. I think about in-house recruiters, it's rare that they ever fully used it. And yeah. I did hear that enterprise accounts that had resume, there was no reaction there because they never used all their credits
2: anyways. A good number of the seats are never logged into. Part of it is we don't train on Indeed. But if I told you that I take three days to train somebody in Indeed, you'd probably be like why. But the things I can do with that resume database from Boolean search and pulling, I can double the number of candidates. And that's why we were so good at it. We don't do it because in our heads, Indeed and LinkedIn are easy. So let's say you're searching for housekeepers for a hotel. Is housekeeper one word or two? In Canada, it's one. Is it? <laughs> it is. Are you sure? It's user-generated yes. content. And it's not just housekeeper. because housekeeping. Happens is, exactly. Yeah. Housekeeping, cleaner, mm-hmm. janitor, maid. So you can search a lot of it, but there are house space keepers because that's what they put on the resume and nobody calls them. Little things like that, you can use cards that you can pull all these people that have never been called and your stats go up, but we don't train on it. All all those people that I trained, most of the time I was just a monkey, dancing, clown in a circus act. They thought it was funny. I had a good mic, but it wasn't until I had the opportunity to get clients to pay me monthly and I sat down with people every week. You got to build habits and we don't do that. We just mm. hire a new recruiter and then lay them off in bad times. And that's a problem. We're not training recruiters. We're training the one part of the process. And then we're confused when they're not as good as the headhunters of old. That's a common complaint for managers is recruiters aren't as good. I'm like, you didn't train them. Yeah. You train them. You didn't pay them. What do you think is going to happen? You try to automate everything away. I don't know where we started letting developers. God bless them. Some of the coolest people on the planet. I love engineers, but people who don't want to talk to other people shouldn't be building software. <laughs> if the goal is to never talk to a human being again, not every software needs that. And that's what we've allowed for a lot of these. Yeah,
1: I'm just going to change subject a little bit here. And that is this, what seems to be a trend happening for video in hmm. job yeah. advertisements. I know Indeed talked a bit about it, just mobile only. You could insert video at the bottom of your job ad. Is there a real use case for video in oh, yeah. job ads? You get more
2: clicks. Well, there's two things. One is that if you put a YouTube link in, that'll start showing up at the carousel for Google. So there's some SEO purposes behind doing that correctly. The other aspect of it, though, is this company like V was always great at that for years. I was always a big fan of them because they used to send out cameras. They used to mail cameras to people story. <laughs> for years. And Lumina is a new one. And, and they're saying that and it's true. Videos are kind of the future of the Internet. And everybody clicks on it. It's an old curmudgeon. I hate it. But then I, I hate people who don't write a cursive either. My handwriting is terrible, but at least you learn. And it's the same thing. We keep going for ease of use, Mm -hmm. and some people prefer it, but we're also going to the dumbest common denominator. It's kind of like that chat GPT, like they're banning it at schools. But for years, people have used artificial stuff to do it. The problem is when you use a tool like that, and someone asks you about your paper, you can't remember what you wrote. The same reason you can't remember notes that you type, because your fingers don't know the difference between an S and an R, but you can do it here because you're slow and it's creating this tactile sensation. So video works. I can think of a lot of places I would use it, but again, what does that actually mean? And we'll see which one of those vendors comes up, but I think we'll see a lot more of them because it's just so effective for clicks.
0: I want to take the opportunity because you're here and most of our listeners are talent acquisition folks, talent acquisition leaders, and I want to put yourself in their shoes. You're stepping in as a talent acquisition director or VP okay. or manager, and you're walking into an organization and there is no strategy to manage spend. There's no strategy for job boards. How would you approach this to not waste the dollars, but get the most efficient and the best quality?
2: The first thing is you have to get control of how you post your jobs. I don't think people realize the impact. Because we play with job titles and descriptions and things like that. They don't yeah. really move the needle. If you write a great job description, it doesn't necessarily work. But how you build it, how it's pushed out from your ATS, how it's sent to the XML, the schema that's in place, the sitemap, the engineering, how quickly it responds. That is the first part. Because if you don't get that, you're paying a 20 to 30% premium. And it just has to do with, oh, jobs are indexed. and People don't realize it because if you look at a job, you look at the date, but if you look at when the internet thought that job was, and all those old ATSs, when you create a template, it has JSON metadata that tells you it's an old job. You don't see it; the algorithm does. Your costs go up. You have to get control of how you push jobs out. You decide revenue and others. You got to learn to roll them over. Then you have to figure out your your campaign budgets, who you're going to work with. You have to track what's happening in your stages. So it starts with job posting, are your people calling them, and then how your integration is done. There's a lot of companies looking for those now. There's a lot of excitement. You should get out there and train folks. You can double your salary. I know several people who have done it. And it's an easier job than recruiting. But you got to get good at it. You got to figure yeah. out a way to get in, work on an advertising, and understand that you were fighting an industry that doesn't want to change. It's the transition for duration of the PPC. So I think we'll see big changes, but you've got to get a hold of your job posting. And I don't think people think about that very much. No, they don't no. know the internet. They don't know SEO. Yeah. It's not a skill set that a mm-hmm. TA would have. All of our ATSs, they're all built through purchasing, they're designed to work on the back end. And we oh, you can't tap a CRM on it. It's complex stuff. It's not easy to make this stuff work, but you got to get into the details and never believe anything you're told.
0: On, on that note, is there an ATS that you would recommend for someone that would be stepping into a company and they get? full control of the ATS they can
2: implement. Isn't the standard, no, I hate them all. Isn't that the standard response? It is. It's
0: the response, Um, right? It's not reality. The newer the
2: program, the better. Greenhouse and lever are a lot better than most of the stuff that's behind it because their code base is 10 years old. Yes. Taleo and Avature, are old ones. When you look at some of the old ones, I was working with one client. They had this thing called an ERP field. And I asked, what's that? And I, I tracked it back. And what it was is the person who built their site did it from SAP Lotus Notes, which was an ERP system. And it's like the vestigial tail. Years later, nobody knows what an ERP field is. And yeah. the biggest problem, whenever you work with large companies, you customize. So Avature and Taleo and all the big ones that are out there, the problem is they have to customize and build things. And every client wants something different. So it's very hard for them to make it work. And it's all built on very bad sense of how to onboard people and You upload your resume, the parsing is bad, so you have to re-enter your data. I think people would stop applying on LinkedIn if they ever saw what that looks like from an ATS standpoint. It's garbage. you got to go three pages down to see the title. Little stuff like that, the newer the ATS, the better. The problem is that you're never going to convince purchasing. It's like the Watsy credit that everybody puts in. Why are we doing that in the application process? That's just insane. But finance likes their million-dollar tax credit at the end of the year. It's just how things are bought. Too much is driven by purchasing who's not looking at it for its value. They're looking for how it impacts them on the back end. I don't know the solution to that, though, because Greenhouse and Lever don't connect to all the things. And it was the whole point of Workday and Oracle, is that they connected to all that. One thing I will say is that, indeed, actually, they moved over to Avature from Taleo. And I'd come from Taleo, and I knew a bunch about it. I was teaching them how to use Averture at different times. Everybody who started new thought Avature was great. Everybody who moved from Talala Avature hated it. So is it really the ATS? It has to do with how you train people, what you use. We're just busy and we don't have the time to learn things. You know, they, they work at the things that you wanted to work at. And I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for the people running them, but I can't recommend one.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm going to leave on one last question. So yeah. 2022 was... A really interesting year in talent acquisition. Any predictions for
2: 2023? What should we expect this year? I've been trying to convince recruiters that they're marketers for the last 14 years. Failed miserably. Because they're not. There is a difference between them. But we're TA. Not just recruiting or HR. But TA is moving into what marketing looked like from 2005 to 2010. From pay-per-click to email marketing to branding to CRMs. I've seen this before. We have the playbook in front of us. And so as more people grasp onto that, they're going to start getting bigger and bigger wins. You're going to see tighter and tighter integrations. And what is basically a very small portion of our industry is going to be absolute superstars performing at 50 to 100 times better than the others. And it's going to be very clear. There are going to be huge winners and then just a bunch of people in the middle. I also anticipate a lot of these really cool tech companies I love a lot of them. They're so good, and especially ones outside the industry. They can't make it is the problem. Without the money that's coming in, there's going to be a lot of mergers, acquisitions, purchases by companies with money, and it's going to be ones that are profit rich because you can't buy it with debt anymore because the interest rates are too high. So massive consolidation and. A lot of your favorite vendors are going to go away. And that's terrifying if you're using new ones. So make sure you understand what happens to that company. Like everything that you've diversified your tech stack, make sure that you are planning for all of your vendors to fail at the same time. That's what should keep TA Ledger's up at night. How do I make sure that I'm on top? Because you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be better than everybody else out there. The exact opposite of pay-per-click. That's the goal. Be better than everybody else and then demand double your salary. That's what I suggest. (laughs) Good advice.
1: Awesome. So Jim, if people want to hear more, where can they find you if they want to hear more about what the Indeed Whisperer has to say?
2: I'm all over LinkedIn. I regularly Mm -hmm. post there. I drive a lot of stuff. I'm focused on marketing. I just rejoined Twitter. I got rid of social media because social is poison, which is funny for the social media headhunter to quit. But I'm thinking that you might build it up because I could see a real value if Twitter actually begins to grow. It's growing. But if it does it right and doesn't fall into people yelling at you all the time, there's a real chance to be a distributor of jobs. Twitter could be its own job board and do it correctly in a way that it wouldn't seem before. Build up your list because you may find in a year or two, if you're a small practitioner, you'd absolutely have to do something like that. So I'm Jim Durbin TX, Jim Durbin Texas on Twitter. Or LinkedIn, Jim Durbin oh. on LinkedIn.
0: Jim, I Thanks. probably hit awesome. 50% of the things I want to talk to you about, and you keep adding more. So you got to back. come back.
2: Yes, please,
0: please do yeah, come we'll back. You. This was awesome. Jim, we really appreciate you coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jim. See you, Charlie. See you, Serge. Bye.